It's all about curating the experience and producing a beer that is good in and of itself. Um, ethos from early on was European style, traditional, kind of paying homage to the beers that we love to drink and, and that's what we wanted to brew and that's what we continue to do. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Brew Roots, where we tell the stories behind your favorite beer. This is not Sound Guy Ryan. This is, I guess, Sound Guy Matt this week, because I'm running sound this week. Join with me, as always, is Erica. What's up? What's up? Yeah. We um, are recording at a secret location. Secret location. Super secret. So top secret. Um, No Ryan again? No jazz. No jazz this time either. I know. We're like really throwing it back to like the before times. Yeah. Which, like, our listeners are like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and really, it's just Ryan had something going on, and then Jazz had something going on. Yeah, and just that's just how it ended up. Being. And we were like, we need to power through for our listeners. Exactly. We're here for you, booze. That's right. We're here for you, booze. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we have an awesome episode lined up for you this week. Uh, you've heard us probably talk about this brewery a ton of times. But before we reveal who that is, a uh, big shout out to Rob. Yeah. Earth Week. Earth Week. It was, it's been great. Yeah. It's a great and, episode. I uh, uh, learned a lot. This episode is going to get released on Friday, um, but that means tomorrow I am going to be at Seventh Wave dun, dun, dun. celebrating Earth Day yeah. and Earth Week, really. And I'm going to be promoting it by doing yoga, right, for the first time in months. Which is awesome. not really. I've been stretching <laughs> and doing stuff, but conveniently, I broke my butt this weekend. That that is convenient. Yeah, which isn't even a joke. I actually no. broke my butt. <laughs> Roller so skating yoga might be helpful for you, that? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Roller skating, I either bruised or broke my tailbone. So I'm going with broken because it sucks right now. So 10 out of 10, don't recommend breaking your tailbone. Definitely do not break your tailbone. You should roll, roller skate, roller, roller blade. That's cool. But uh, You no should definitely do that. Tailbone. Yes, but don't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was an awesome episode. Thank you for everyone who shared. I saw a couple breweries share it and uh, especially a lot of just, you know, our listeners reshare it. They got a lot out of the episode. and Definitely. It was good. It was fun. Yeah. Um, I definitely did not stick to Rob's uh, pledge for us. Honestly, I kind of forgot what I tried was. so hard. <laughs> I tried so hard. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just didn't happen. But it's something that, you know, will always be in the back of my head just to think about, you know, try to get that growl or try to drink at breweries with glass cups and whatever else you can do. Yeah, so. I'm going to try to bring my reusable uh, yeah. remedy cup this weekend yeah. see if they'll take we'll that. Refill it. As we drink out of our Essex County Brewing <laughs> can in uh, my Jack's Abbey yeah. can right now. Yeah. What are we drinking? Well, I am having the uh, Symposium IPA nice. or Session IPA. That's our Session, say. yeah. Um, it's, it's great. Really strong, great fruity flavor, um, citrusy, super sessionable. It's enjoyable. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I was super excited about this one. This is part of Jack's Abbey. Um, and I'm going to butcher this, but they're, they're trying to do like a Lagers of the World. So this is yeah, their Brazilian they're like doing, style. Um, collabs with breweries all over the world or something yeah. like that so it's it's pretty cool that's their first one i believe yep um it's pretty good nice. uh this one is inspired by their conversations with avos a voice i, I, I and if i butchered that name a boss uh, i'm so sorry but uh it's pretty good yeah uh cool. malt beverage brewed with corn definitely can taste that corn yeah um Horniness. Influence. Yeah, the influence. Mm. Passion fruit, guava, and pineapple. Yes. I am like, I don't really actually know what passion fruit tastes like. Someone could put passion fruit in front of me and be like, oh, it's passion fruit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it tastes like. It's almost like a buzzword. I don't, yeah. I don't know what many people know what passion fruit tastes but, like. But <laughs> uh, definitely guava and pineapple. Cool, mm -hmm. cool. 
Nice. Jack's Abbey doing great things again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But other than that, awesome. I've, I've been not drinking a ton. Yeah. Because you're not supposed to mix Advil with drinking. Oh, weird. Yeah. So I haven't been <laughs> doing that. Good on you for not doing that. Um, but uh, Erica, who do we have on this week? Who do we have on this week? Um, well, like you kind of teased, it's one of our faves. We mention them all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's a return to an old episode. Yeah. Return guest. Yeah. Uh, so we have Bruce Silvaticus. That's right. We talked with Dylan. Indeed. And Jay. Yes. And uh, I love this episode because I, I think... I got vaccinated. Yeah, during this so you episode. were like solid. I was really sick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I wasn't really sick, but I drank a lot. You you weren't all there, and then we were adding the beer, and uh, it was a great time. Yeah, as we soon as fun. the liquor hit my lips, I was like, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Ready for it. But uh, yeah, they're they a great crew over there at Sylvaticus. Yeah, and it was um, fun kind of going back and talking to them again yeah. and... Um, because it's been what two years? Two years, and it's since so much our first has interview, changed. and a ton has changed, but a ton has also stayed the same. Um, so it was just really cool just to talk to them about all that, and uh, yeah, just a really great episode. Yeah, and uh, just to hear their passion of making styles of beer that they are passionate about, and not brewing yeah. beers that like are for the hype, you know? Right, right. They they are really doing what they're passionate about, and you can really hear that and feel that from the episode for yeah. sure uh erica you were featured on a twitch stream this week i was which is pretty fun um atomic ellie she does a few different things um it's like a new thing she's doing she's doing like women in beer on wednesdays or whatever on her twitch account i think you could probably find it and we were gonna, I'll, I'll link it in the doobly-doo we promote it on our social media so if you have the chance to see it awesome um, but she's going to be doing those weekly um she is yeah which is pretty cool um I think she's kind of interviewing people like all over the states, potentially the world. I don't really know for sure. So, you know, tune in on Wednesdays and see what she's doing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I love when that kind of stuff comes out. This kind of came to be just like super yeah. last minute for you. Super so. random. Uh, the other week we were just kind of chit-chatting about it. I'm like, yeah, sure. What the hell? I'll do Good. it. So, yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. That's super important. Uh, we were also on the Strike Mash Boil which was awesome. That was so much fun. Yes. I found out that cool. I work at the same place Phil works at. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> We're just so cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, it was cool just to focus on a style like that they mentioned that's just not highlighted much anymore. Yes. Um, but it inspired so, us. I think we want to brew a Hefeweizen. Yeah. Which. I'm down. Yeah. I, 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 I give a lot of praise to the beers that they put out. I know mm-hmm. we, we were pretty harsh on their, their scoring, <laughs> but uh but to be like a really good BJCP judge, I think you kind of have to be. Which means I'm too nice. I should be a you should. Ryan should be. We should. Take, <laughs> I wish Ryan was there to see. We had to do an episode with him yeah. with Ryan and see. Yeah. But if you um yeah. haven't gotten a chance to listen to that episode, that's also going to be in the doobly doo below. All the doobly doos. Uh, because I want everyone to take a listen to it. Yeah. Uh, because as I put on my personal Instagram, I was like, I pretend to know about Hefeweizens. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was fun to fun to learn. And yeah, go along. We use words sure. like mouthfeel. Ooh. Yeah. It was great. And banana and clove. I think we even threw in a retro nasal. Retro, we did we to did, harken yeah. back to our homies over at Firestone Walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was cool. So, uh, Erica, we did pretty good on this intro. I think this was a great intro. We did this completely off the cuff. We didn't write anything down. Nope. And it's been the best one. Ever. Ever. 
ever. All right. So enjoy this episode <laughs> with Brewery Sylvaticus. Yeah. Um, if you aren't doing anything this weekend, there's a lot of breweries out there that are celebrating Earth Week. So make sure you make your way out there. I know our friends at Craft Roots are doing some stuff. Um, Seventh Wave is doing some stuff. Seventh Wave. You can come meet a celebrity, yeah. a.k.a. me. Yeah. I'll be there doing <laughs> yoga. Uh, I'll sign anything you want. Yeah. Anything. Anything. If you got a dog leash, I'll sign it. Yeah. Yeah. Even your face. I won't sign your face. Oh, okay. Because I don't want your mom or dad to be disappointed with you. <laughs> well. Until next, next time. week. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Sound Guy Ryan will be back yeah, next week. Yeah, never know. I'm not holding my breath. Neither am I. Well, cheers. cheers. We are in a cellar right now. A beer cellar. A beer cellar, which we never do interviews in beer cellars. This, I think, is the first, actually. Which yeah, yeah. I would actually prefer to do all of our interviews in beer cellars. Yeah, it gets the vibe flowing, really. just feels right. And actually, I would prefer to do all our interviews at this specific brewery because it's one of the closest ones to my houses. Yes. Yeah, so. It's also probably one of the better ones. One of my favorites, for the sure. The best. Yeah, the best. Oh, it's wow. Ryan. It's Ryan's that. favorite. It's Ryan's that's my favorite. Sure. Ryan's I'm here twice a week. Look at, what do you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, the, it's your favorite. You always talk about Sylvaticus. Yeah, because so, I'm always here. Spoiler alert: That's where we're at. Where it's Slovakia's. <laughs> uh, and you, and if you're a devout Brew Roots listener, uh, you would know that we've already interviewed Slovakia's. But that was like three that was three years, years ago. ago. Yeah, um, I listened to that episode. Uh, it was only me editing it, so I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> this is going to be a way better quality episode because we have Sound Guy Ryan and Erica, and uh, there's a lot of. There's a lot of similarities with what you're doing. I mean... Not a whole lot has changed. Not a whole lot has changed, but I mean... But things have changed. Things have changed. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty interesting. And we're joined here with Dylan and Jay. What's up? Hey, what's going on? Not too much. Yeah. Thank you for uh, doing this today. It's uh, it's getting nice out, so you guys are getting ready for busy season, hopefully. Patio knock season. On, knock on wood, right? Totally. Yeah. We're, uh, we're fortunate again this year to have the street side seating. Nice. Um, the town of Amesbury has been awesome with uh, hooking up all the restaurants in town with some extra seating so we can keep everybody safe and distanced and uh, we can maybe have a nice like say beer garden season it's coming the weather's coming it is yeah you'd feel it this weekend's supposed to be beautiful i know yeah yeah i've actually come to your your beer garden when it wasn't less than beautiful and it was still fun so yeah you guys accommodate great and the beer keeps me warm so that's Excellent. Fine. that's good to hear <laughs> yeah um it's always interesting when we do return episodes to see where things aligned with the last time three years ago. Um, but to refresh our listeners or who haven't listened to that three-year episode, can you introduce yourselves in your role here at the brewery in your first memory of beer? All right. So my name is Jay Bullen. Uh, I am the owner, founder, and head of brew house operations, I guess you would call it, uh, here at Brewery Sylvaticus in Amesbury, Massachusetts. Um, what was the other question? First memory of beer. First memory of beer. Um, I would say, besides light lagers, um, and it's funny because I listened to the last podcast recently also, and uh, it still rings true. It was uh, my uncle was a home brewer, used to do uh, brew on premise stuff, and uh, I kind of remember drinking out of those brown labelless bottles nice. uh, in my younger days, and that was kind of the fir my first light bulb that said, "Hey, you can make your own beer." <laughs> what? Yeah. And here we are. Here we are. Nice. Uh, my name is Dylan Johnson. I'm a brewer here <clears throat> at Brewery Sylvaticus. And my first memory of beer is probably stealing one of my dad's Coronas out of the fridge and saying, 
I don't want anything to do with this. And <laughs> I kind of put you, it back on the shelf. Yeah. That's because you didn't have the lime. That's probably it's why. It's true. <laughs> um, and then come, uh, actually, I never really drank much through college or anything. And then come, you know, coming of age 21, I kind of got back into the craft thing. I think the first beer I bought legally was a 12 pack of Blue Moon. <laughs> Solid. It's a great injury beer. Uh, yeah. And I think it's the general. last time I bought it as well. <laughs> <laughs> No yeah. offense. No, that's all right. That beer is weird. I don't know. You're weird. <laughs> um, so obviously, if you listen back to our episode, um, it was you and uh, Mark that had it. And now it's, it's it's you as the the main owner. Correct. And Michelle, my wife. Michelle, your wife. Yeah. Who's awesome. Every time that I get to talk with Michelle, it's like, yeah. And Ryan, you love Michelle. She's awesome. Yeah. Yep. She's all right. Yeah. <laughs> at best. Uh, She's all right at best. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, when we were interviewing Dylan, you you weren't here. Um, when did you make your entry into Brewery Sylvaticus? Coming up on about two and a half years ago now. Okay. Yeah. So I just missed you. Yeah, just missed. Um, fuck? Funny enough, I, um, I used to live right over there. Actually, you can see the house. I'm pointing at it right oh, now. Yes. That's why I'm off mic. But yeah, so I... Uh, I Moved to Amesbury. Um, my wife and I both were working in an adjacent city, um, and we Newburyport, and we started looking for apartments there. And very quickly said, "That's not going to happen." Yeah. Um, <laughs> very so, expensive for people yes, who don't know. Yeah. Exactly. So we found um, we found a nice little place here in Amesbury, and just fell in love with the town instantly. Yeah. And of course, being within walking distance from a brewery, I came, you know, made my way over here fairly frequently, and came to, to find that I really liked what they were doing here. And as a, a brewer at the time, I, I sort of said, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't, you know, throw my hat in the ring to yeah. say, you know, I'm interested in what you guys are doing here. And if you ever have any need, give me a call. And that's how it shook out. So where'd you work previously? Uh, I worked at a regional North Shore brewery. I'll put it to you okay, that way. That's fine. Nice. Yeah. nice. <laughs> and uh, So Dylan went that day when he came and he dropped off his resume and it was very early on. And uh, we had probably only been open for a couple weeks and we weren't paying ourselves, let alone in a position to pay somebody else. But um, I did tell Dylan when he gave me that and I said, well, look, I'm going to hold on to this. And when we're ready, you'll be the first one to call. And uh, so it sat on my desk literally for a year and a half. Oh, no. <laughs> Which I always refer to the, we're not hiring now, but when we are, we'll give you a call as sort of the, it's not you, it's me of, of, of yeah. uh, job searching. <laughs> but he actually held, held true to his word, and, and here we are, two yeah. and a half years later. I think the first time we sat down and talked, we didn't even go over like nuts and bolts. It was, we just spent like, God, like an hour and a half just talking about beer philosophy for mm -hmm. the most part, and just not in any specific way, but sort of looking back, it was sort of like, what about this business makes it worth spending so much of your time on? Yeah. And, and we found that we had a lot in common in terms of mm -hmm. ethics and what we thought was important in business and what we thought was important in beer. And um, yeah, I think we had a couple more meetings after that and it clicked pretty, pretty yeah. rapidly. Very cool. Um, so what got you into beer in the first place? I was working at a liquor store, sort of shiftless, uh, post-college, mm -hmm. uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do, and I became the de facto beer guy, because I was the youngest person yep. there. So I had an interest in craft <laughs> beer. Cool guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah so exactly, cool. exactly. Hip. Yeah, the hip guy. And um, <laughs> I got a little following of, of, of customers who I, I called them my new and weirds, because every time they'd come in, they'd ask me what I had that was new and weird. And uh, I learned there that um, if I could tell someone a story about a beer, I could, I could sell them that beer. Yeah. And um, so initially, I approached the industry. I wanted to go into sales. Um, so my then-girlfriend, now wife, um, was working at an, another brewery in the area as a um, 
bartender. And so I approached the owners there and said, you know, how do you, how do you get into this? I, I'd like to be on, you know, sell this beer. Yeah. And they said, well, we don't have a sales team, but we need a sellerman yesterday. So you want to like <laughs> do a couple of shifts, see how you like it. And, yeah. uh, you know, I started there, started scrubbing floors and flipping kegs and within a few months kind of twisted their arm into teaching me how to brew. And it's been going, you know, upwards, yeah. uh, onwards and upwards from there. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, did you want to brew the style of beer that Brewery Sylvaticus is brewing? I mean, you don't have hazy IPAs here. Uh, you know, it's like in an industry that's dominated by... Uh, yeah, Jay's holding it. We're both, we're, <laughs> yeah, both, right. we're both drinking our German Pilsners yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but in, in an industry where, you know, the New England style IPA is... Dominant. Know, dominant. Yeah. Um, you know, being newlywed and, and, and making that jump from a, you know, a sales position and a brewery that I'm assuming probably brewed New England style IPAs. Um, oh, no, I was not in sales. That's what no, I wanted to No, no, to. no, but oh, I, I mean, but saying. saying like... Com coming to it from... Coming to it yeah. that angle. Uh, with your brewing philosophy that you, you recalled earlier, you know, you wanted to get into that German style or the European style of, of brewing. Um, well, when I first, when I came of age, like in, in working, selling beer and brewing beer, it was sort of the days of the, how much hops can you handle hundred IBU crusher. <laughs> um, and I was definitely a hophead to start, but I found that especially within the local market, the product was just so variable, even the same, mm. the same brand, um, from the same breweries time to time would not be the same. And of course, you know, it's not great sometimes to drink a beer that ruins your palate after one. You know what I mean? I like to be able to have two, three, four beers yep. and sort of, you know, enjoy it, savor it every single sip, um, which I, I find is not often, or I shouldn't say not often, but not always the case with New England IPAs. There are some that I enjoy um, for certain. Um, I would never, I wouldn't be opposed to even brewing one, um, but it's just not the, the thing that excites me about drinking beer. Yeah. It's not what I find interesting. Yeah. Jay, I'm curious, what excites you about beer? Well, um, kind of the room that we're sitting in right now, <laughs> uh, that's, that's the, one of the directions, uh, Sylvaticus being the literal meaning uh, translation is of the wood mm -hmm. or from the wood. Um, one of our plans early on was to always have, uh, an oak cellar and, and really kind of explore the, the realm of what we can what flavors and what we could do with using barrels and fooders and, you know, spruce tips and smoked beer and um, all those things. So um, this is kind of an extension of that. And it hasn't maybe hasn't moved as quickly as we would have liked early on, but um, because we're limited on some space requirements and stuff like that. And uh, but that's something that we're really starting to work on. So we're really starting to push out some new beers um, coming out of the barrels here, coming out of the cellar. Uh, finding new ways to incorporate it and using that going forward to kind of sit next to our traditional style lagers is a little bit of a juxtaposition still in the traditional realm, but um, gives us a little bit more play, a little bit more uh, leeway to try some different things. So to your credit, um, when we interview breweries across the state, your brewery comes out probably nine times out of 10 out of the brewer's month, um, which is a really cool thing. Uh, and it's right in our backyard. Um, why is that? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> um, oh, we want to know too. I mean, I, I agree. So, <laughs> it's, just, yeah. uh, it's funny because we're, we're actually hiring for another position in the brew house. Yep. Um, and 
a couple of the candidates have said, well, I've never heard of your brewery before. So oh, I usually, I usually hear the opposite. I usually hear, Oh, we, how come we never heard of you guys? Yeah. yeah. And my thought is always, well, it's because we don't distribute, yeah. you know, we're still right. pretty much tap room only and where we're located, we're kind of in this little nook yeah. up yeah. on the North shore here. Not many people make their way here or make their way off of 95 or yeah. 495 into Amesbury. It's kind of, if you, if you know, you know, exactly. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you guys are known for your, for your pilsners, your lagers, your European yeah. style. Here's that's the Those easy drinking brews. Yeah, the the shift beers. You yeah, know, that the brewers exactly. Love. Well, maybe it's because we stand out a little bit more because, like you were saying, everybody's doing the New England hazy thing. Yeah, and it's just not what we do. It's it's what we haven't done from the beginning. Our whole um, ethos from early on was European style, traditional, kind of paying homage to the beers that we love to drink, and mm. and that's what we wanted to brew, and that's what we continue to do. Oblivion is the beer that I hear about from you guys Ugh, all the all time. All the time. Um, one of my favorite beers. I prefer it on Nitro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, is that your flagship beer? Is that the beer that people know you by? It, do you enjoy that being the beer that people might know you by? I, I mean, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if it would be a flagship, but I agree with you. There's, that's one of those beers where um, a lot of times people say, oh, I can't wait for Oblivion and... And there was a while where Oblivion would kind of come and go, you mm. know. So I think, yeah. early, especially early on, like we'd have a batch on, and then it may not be back for four or five months. So I think it was the the wait, yeah, you know, anticipation, that, exactly. Um, and now as it's it's more and more, it's one of our staples. Like we we we've Dylan and I fight now on the schedule to make sure <laughs> we keep it on. <laughs> yeah, and uh, especially since we started canning, um, it's been it's been a big seller for the can so we're trying to keep it in constant rotation and uh you know i'm proud of that beer it's it's simple it's easy but it's delicious and we're still yeah. kind of working um batch to batch to improve it where we can and, yeah. and to make it better where are you improving it like what are you working on um a lot of our stuff is very kind of fine tuning so because mm -hmm. we're more traditional and our focus is on the ingredients, so the malt and the hops and, and a beer like that. It's really kind of in the malt, so kind of fine-tuning the base malt, um, adjusting which specialty malts we're using, um, it's just and, and doing it incrementally, batch mm -hmm. to batch, because you go ahead and change three different things in a recipe, it's you basically a different good. beer. Yeah, it, right. It's really hard to say, oh, well, this is why this is better, and this is why this is a little different. So uh, it's really... It's one of those things where the beauty of being open now for coming up on four years is we've worked through, you know, a number of iterations of all these different beers. Mm. And each time it's always about like, okay, we sit down, we crack one and we go, okay, well, where are we, where are we at with this beer? Like, where do we want it to be? Were we happy with the last batch? Was there something we didn't like? What can be better? That's, that's always the constant question for us. Yeah. So then are you doing kind of constant... Um tastings and trying to figure out you know what's good what's bad you qc yeah, yeah qc that was totally what I'm for. <laughs> um yeah always like we're we're always constantly kind of sitting down and going through the beers and and just seeing what we like what we don't like and and that's the thing now that dylan's been here for two and a half years it's been um great as we've developed like this kind of language between each other so we can kind of talk back and forth very easily and freely about what flavor profiles are here what's what we like what we don't like it's 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 kind of uh it it makes it easy for us to tweak things now we're yeah. early on we kind of worked hard to kind of build that up and um you know one of the beers like the quintessential that we're drinking right now um that's the first beer that dylan and i really were able to work together on cool. um as far as developing a beer it was probably about two years ago maybe 
It was probably, it was pretty soon after he started working here in January of uh, was it 2019? God, I don't know. It feels like it's been because of the plague. <laughs> I think right? it was but yeah, the plague. Yeah. And I mean, um, you know, so we we came across, and it was really about adding a new beer into the repertoire um, because we had our Sovereign Pilsner, which was um, one of our most popular beers, and still is, even though it's kind of fallen out of rotation a little bit for a variety of reasons. Um, but we were looking to add another. It sounds crazy. We we're looking to add a second Pilsner style beer to our menu. That's not crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah. We second that. <laughs> and it was the first conversation was actually why did we want to do another Pilsner or do we want to do kind of like a Hellas? Like mm. we we're looking for a light, light, another light option that wasn't sovereign and kind of fell in between sovereign, which is more of a Czech style Pilsner yep. and why not, which is our American light lager. So something that falls within that realm, which a lot of people might think is is kind of splitting hairs because you know some people may not be able to differentiate too much between the two, um, but for us it was about kind of finding something that fell in the middle, that that kind of hit a note and it it ended up being um, us sitting down grabbing a bunch of samples of different beers, both Hellas and Pilsner, opening them up, tasting through them, going through them again, and uh, kind of saying what we like and what we don't like about the profile and where we wanted it to be, and we kind of landed on German style Pilsner. Cool. And uh, that's where that this beer kind of started. Yeah. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but no, just that. Well, yes, just that. Uh, I mean, it is splitting hairs. Um, I think, but also, I mean, I'm I'm happy with the product. You know what I mean? I think even the other day, we I just pulled one off the tap, and and you know, not to uh, sound uh, uh, full of it or anything, but you can I, brag, was like, it's fine. I was like, <laughs> damn, I love this beer. I love yeah. this beer. I never get tired of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a reason we call it quintessential. It's the, the quintessential. quintessential shift beer. You know what I mean? At, at the end of the day, if someone, I used to call it my safety blanket because the, <laughs> the, the bartenders would come to me and said, would you like another beer? And I'd be like, ah, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, quintessential. Yes. And, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, it's just, it's so familiar at this point And it's so it's so nice to be able to taste through, like Jay alluded to, the fact that every single batch is different. So even though this is, you know, to the customer coming off the street may not be able to tell the difference. I mean, there's intricacies within every single batch um, and it's really, really worthwhile, I think, to drill down into that and say, you know, what did we like about this batch? We keep a, we're trying to keep more and more of an extensive QC fridge um, where we can go back and say, what do we like about, you know, X, what was, what did we dislike? How can we achieve, you know, more of the quality? Well, like, how do we, you know, sort of, um, negate the qualities we don't like. And I mean, I, it's easy for me to say the freshest beer in front of me is my favorite beer, but this <laughs> might be my favorite quintessential to this point. You know what I mean? It's, it's that always challenging ourselves to improve it, um, make it better than the last batch, make it more of something we're proud to, to, to show to people and say, Hey, this is, this beer might be boring to, you know, the average consumer, but to me, it's, it's super exciting. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So before we get into the other style of, of beer that you guys are brewing right now, um, we just have to go to a quick word from our sponsors. So take it away, Sound Guy Ryan. Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts? Our friends over at Four Star Farms are there for you, whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer. Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers. Cheers. 
our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Not sure where to start? They have knowledgeable staff there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family-owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. Visit their website, beer-wine.com, and use our promo code BREWROOTS for 10% off your online order today. Shirks on Tap is the box subscription service where you can get some of the dopest brewery t-shirts out there. I'm talking breweries from Dallas, San Diego, and even our home area of New England. And you might ask, how do I get my hands on some? To get your first box for $5, click the link below in our description, or head on over to our website, breweries.com. Remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. So we're still in the basement. JK, we're in the cellar. cellar. Yes. <laughs> I said it on purpose because we're going to actually talk about so funny. some of those beers. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think oh. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we cracked out a Belgian-style ale, or Saison-style, right? Le Peche. Sure. I mean... Well, it's, it's, um, it's kind of a merge of a couple different things. Yeah. Know? So it started out, the base beer was a Saison. Yep. Um, it was fermented in stainless... And um, it was a beer that they, we, we then moved down to barrels um, after we had blended in um, some peaches that we had gotten for, from Cider Hill Farm, which is here in Amesbury. And um, after we blended that in, we moved them down to the barrels and the beer sat in the barrels for about a year. What type of barrels? Uh, they were white wine barrels. Yeah. So it was a, a combination of, I believe, Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc. I believe so. I know it's Sauvignon Blanc for sure. I'm pretty it was a sure couple, Chardonnay as well. It was a couple second-use barrels that we had done. Uh, Bacchanalia, which is our barrel fermented. Yep. Um, Saison, which we actually have a batch that we just moved out of the cellar here last week and is nice. up in the tank. So that'll be coming up soon. Um, so there were second-use barrels from that. And um, the beer aged in the barrels for about a year, uh, along with some Brett C. Uh, Clausenny. And uh, that kind of gives it that little bit of... Uh, little fruity funk yeah to it um along with the with the fruit being in there and there were some whole parts of that fruit um some of it we did puree because um the peaches that year were not uh ideal mm-hmm. yeah. um but it still really kind of worked out well and it was the first time we were really using like whole fruit um for a beer and um what made you choose peaches i i've had so many peach beers because like peach is my favorite fruit it's really difficult flavor yeah i think uh it was real simple. They were in season. Yeah. Really available. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We were looking to kind of do something with Cider Hill and what they had. And it was either peaches or blueberries. And um, both are kind of like hard. Blue, yeah. yeah. I mean, peaches to me are, uh, was a more of a no brainer than the blueberries. The blueberries can be kind of difficult to work with. Definitely. Uh, not a lot of flavor for the no. volume you need, right? If you look at a lot of blueberry beers, you'll see that there's like color or, uh, you know, other things added to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's tough. Not that it can't be done, um, but for one of our first kind of full fruit beers, uh, the peaches were more of a, you know, to kind of little make it a little easier for us. Plus it lends itself really well to the kind of barrel aging you're doing. I think blueberries on that sure could work, but... Not maybe as well. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the peaches and because they were in season, we were able to get them uh, right when picked them up in Cider Hill, and um, the beer just kind of worked out really well for us. We were 
I don't know what your thoughts are, are on this beer because it's been a while since we've tasted it together. I can't well, remember the last time we cracked a bottle. Yeah, it's been a bit. But my, my first thought is that um, this is one of the few beers where I can just take whiffs of it and not mm-hmm. even take a sip. <laughs> it's yeah. rare that I, that I don't, you know, take a big whiff of a beer and then and then taking a big sip right after. But I've just sort of been getting my nose up in this guy. But um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the thing that comes out to me is that it's very restrained for what it is. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not bopping you over head over the head with the peach yeah it's got little like a sour exactly you know which is one of the the challenges i think with the blueberries that it adds so much acidity to Mm. the beer whereas this is nice and restrained you get the nice peach aroma you get that like oakiness that comes from the white wine barrels you get that little bit of venice character from the wine itself um and you know it's one of those beers where it is definitely not the same beer from you know, first pour to last pour, as it warms up, especially you get a little bit more character out of it. That breadth that's in there kind of unfolds, um, adds a little bit of earthiness, a little bit of just a hint of funk. It's not a, a, a sour no. in the traditional no. sense, yeah. Um, but it definitely gets that that you know that mixed culture sort of feel to it. Um, even the Brett C, which is one of the cleaner strains that we found, um, still gives just a little bit of that. It just it gives you enough that you want to keep drinking it and keep smelling it in my personal case right now <laughs> yeah so this has been in in bottle this for what three months now four months uh, longer than that it's yeah. been in the bottle probably since september it was right before our august party correct? so probably since the end of august wow. yeah. and um almost eight months it's we, aged really well we right. sat on them for a little while before we released them i think we released it in and in November, I think it was, was right around say, so Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 So we let it kind of condition in the bottle a little bit more, let that Brett develop a little bit more. Um, and then we released him when we were happy with him right around, uh, I think, yeah, it was right around Thanksgiving. So this is a beer, though, it'll hold up well in the bottle. Yeah. It'll kind of change. It'll evolve. Um, I'm really digging the way it's tasting right now. It's it's For pretty sure. good. It's kind of, it has that, it has all the the the. All, it hits all the notes, but it's really well balanced, which yeah. is kind of a, a tenant of all of our beers. I, I feel like, or that's what we strive for, at least. Yeah. Um, to kind of have all the things kind of kind of playing well together, and and nothing nothing not one specific kind of characteristic sticking out too far, kind of you know getting in the way of other things. It just yeah. really works well. So Dylan was saying, like the way the the peach works, it, it's it's kind of subtle, but it's there. The Brett's kind of subtle, but it's there. Um, the acidity, it's very well attenuated, which most of our beers are. Um, so that's it, it all kind of plays really well together. Yeah, it's really well balanced, like you were saying. Like nothing's clean. overpowering, yeah. super clean. You could have a second glass of this if you wanted. Um, nothing's floating around in the glass. We actually started doing bottle pours in the tap room oh, with it. Cool. Just as a kind of a, once we moved, once we moved back inside, we moved back to doing glassware Yeah. Uh, with everything going on. We, we, decided to move back to bottle pours to kind of up that that experience a little bit more Definitely. and um, have it unique and we're, and we're working on some new stuff all the the barrels that are sitting around us will make their way hopefully yeah, in the full. next uh, <laughs> in the next couple months yeah. into bottles nice um barrel aging it's in my opinion it's kind of such a scary thing i think it's such an unknown you don't i guess you control as much as you can but i feel like in my mind you just don't know what's gonna happen um you know, how do you come with a beer that's just this perfect barrel aging? Yeah. Well, the whole beer wasn't perfect. No. There was one. There was one whole barrel that we dumped down the drain. Yeah. yeah. Oof, yeah. Um, so it was. We was a batch that had four, basically four of these barrels. One mm-hmm. of them 
was not just uh, it, not up it to snuff. No. was not up to snuff. It didn't play well with the other ones, so we decided mm. instead of trying to blend it in to make more beer, that wasn't the way we were going to yeah. do it. So good for you. Yeah. Um, it's and and with barrel aging, it really does come down to blending okay. and having different kind of having these different components. Um, and as we kind of build the library down here of different beers, um, it really it'll give us more options to kind of blend things together. So then it really gives you more, more just different pieces that you can kind of, then we can look at and we can taste and we can use different portions of each. And, yeah. and that's really where it, it, it kind of delves into the wine world of, mm-hmm. yeah. of blending that that's, that's the thing that excites me when we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Definitely. So then the barely had a dump, was that just something funky got in there and just. We just thought we taste it. So what we'll do is we'll taste every individual barrel, evaluate okay. it. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's always the possibility we could just release a single barrel if we're like, this is outstanding. You know right. what I mean? This, you know, it would make sense. If we want to present it to the world as this. Yeah. And we thought that it was one of those things where if we blended that fourth barrel that we weren't happy with into the other three, it would bring down the other three. Mm-hmm. Compromise yeah. the others. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And we felt that, you know, it, in of in and of itself wasn't worth releasing on its own so we figured let's take the three that we're happy with this is the best possible product we can present to the world and yeah. and you know we'll, we chalk it up to loss i mean it is what it is uh, yeah. to echo back what jay was saying earlier about being open for as long as we have now we're sort of building up a, a base of knowledge where um what we try to do is basically set ourselves up for success as best as possible. Like what you said yeah. about how barrel aging can be scary. Absolutely it can, you know what I mean? <laughs> there are things that we've done. We've done uh, some experimental stuff that that didn't work out like this this Palmarius um, barrel that we ended up dumping. Um, we, we did an experimental barrel that we thought was great home run. It was, um, we barrel aged an Oktoberfest in a white wine barrel with, yeah, you with did. Britannomyces. Cool. Yeah. And that is one of my favorite beers that we've done to this point. It was one of those things where like, you know, we were like, we have, you know, a fair amount of Oktoberfest on hand. We have this barrel. We have this yeast. Why not? Let's give it a shot. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, like, like we said, we have to be willing to say, you know, this is the price of, of, of building up our base of knowledge. If this is not good, we're just going to have to yeah. dump it. But, um, the factors that led to us making that decision were like, you know what, it's worth it to weigh it against, you know, the loss and say, you know, it's the price of learning, um, which I think we take super seriously um, to learn as much as we can from everything we do. Um, is, it and, e- is it easier to do that because you don't have distribution demands? Sorry to ask the hard question. Poss- <laughs> yeah, yeah, Poss- yeah. Possibly. Um, I, I don't know if, if we had the capacity to say we say we were able to brew twice as much beer as we we had the capacity for, so we were distributing more beer. I, I don't know if that would necessarily change for us the the way we attack making beers, yeah. um, the way we kind of approach it. But um, it definitely comes into play on certain things. I mean, uh, the biggest thing for me is the the reason why I love it, and my new thing now is just like it's kind of destination over distribution. You know, I, re- people Definitely. come in here, um, you know, we have total control over the beers, the, yep. you know, it's not sitting outside. A, exactly. A cooler. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know like all these bottles are resting in the cellar here at a specific temperature. Yeah. Yep. Um, all the beer is kept cold in the cooler. 
um, all of those things we can, you know, our bartenders are you knowledgeable. Know they know our beer. Mouth. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that makes it easier to. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you, let, you, you got me on that there one. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's, it's definitely a different, it's a different mindset. Yeah. Um, but for me, like trying to keep with the kind of the artisan mentality and like, uh, that's how I prefer it. Yeah. And so I'm going to keep it that way as long as I can. Good. You can tell with every yeah. beer that I've had here, there's clearly an artisan mentality behind it. Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Kudos to that. Thank you. How yeah. is a beer like this reproducible? Is it reproducible? I think the essence <laughs> of it is reproducible. Yeah. Um, but the beer, that beer itself, it's not like brewing quintessential. Right. You know, it's not like you're like, okay, you can have all this. You can there's, dial it in kind of. There's so many different variables and every time you add one, it, it kind of changes. I mean, even barrel to barrel, you know, there it depends on where we're getting them from, what was in them previously. And even if it's two barrels that came from the same winery that were had the same journey from point A to here, um, we know that they have different characteristics yeah. to them. For yep. sure. And that and that's kind of the, that's part of the challenge, but it's also part of the beauty of it. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. And something similar to like uh, Long Shadow, which with, is what you do as, as well, yep. right? Yeah, so Long Shadow's behind, those are the barrels behind us. Yes. Um, this year's iteration. Um, yeah, so for Long Shadow, I think last for year... For listeners who might not know what Long Shadow is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so Long Shadow is our uh, bourbon barrel-aged Baltic porter that we mm. release once a year um, on the shortest day of the year, which would be December 21st. Got to wait a little bit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's our big Christmas release. Yep. And awesome. um, one of the one of those beers that has kind of, I think, helped with that, that little bit of a following that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, but for us, I think last year, not this year's, but the previous year's version, um, which we should probably open a bottle of, Absolutely. Um, yeah. we really kind of dialed in the recipe as far as how we were brewing it. Um, we ended up brewing it over two days um, and doing two separate mashes and just pulling the first runnings um, as opposed to trying to cram it all into one. Um, so that was able to let us get the ABV up a little higher, yeah. which I think kind of lends itself well to the beer being in the barrels a little longer. Um, and then as far as the barrels themselves, you know, we last year we did a couple different barrels. I think we did four different barrels, right? I believe that's correct. Four different barrels. Yeah. I think last year was a Baker's, a Booker's, a Buffalo Trace and a Willet. Will it. Yep. Wow. And um, the Baker's was outstanding. Yeah outstanding it was that it was like where we had the conversation we're like should we just release this <laughs> barrel by itself yeah wow and um the bookers wasn't too far behind um and the buffalo trace we actually ended up blending in the buffalo trace barrel actually became shadow agnostic okay um because we ended up having two we had two barrels from smoky quartz that had maple syrup in them and uh we had agnostic which was our belgian double and we had that aging in there and we were really kind of unsure what to do and they were smaller barrels and uh we ended up we were a little short on beer filling up all the barrels so we're like you know what let's do a let's blend the 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 um the maple syrup barrels into this buffalo trace and uh then we'll top it up with with long shadow and let that sit Jesus. And so that that became <laughs> right. that became shadow agnostic, yeah. and and again that's part of the like, you know, it's not a it's not an off the cuff thing, but it's yeah. also like you 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 have these different pieces, and you can kind of take them and say, okay, I like component A, I like component B, like what if we did a little bit of this, a little bit of that? Yeah. Um, and we already knew the previous the two years. 
previous, we had done long shadow in all the Buffalo Trace barrels. So we kind of knew what the what, what the yeah. profile was of the barrel. So we're like, okay, let's use that one for this because we already know what the profile is. Yeah. And that way we can still evaluate the other ones. Yeah, give so, us a reasonable expectation of what we can get out of that yeah. Buffalo Trace. Yeah. Um, sort of an uncouth cuvee yeah. of those two. Yeah. But so th- we're happy with how it came out. When you're doing stuff like this, you're treating beer almost like wine in a certain is that fair to say? Uh, I think to to an extent, sure. You can because yeah. it's the the blending component and yeah. and the age, you know the barrel component. I mean, there are similarities to winemaking and brewing. There's also a lot of differences. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think when you when you talk about like the seller aspect of yeah. it and the final product, then yes, you can really kind of um, you can draw a lot more comparisons than if you're just saying you know pulling a bottle of you know yellowtail and putting it next to a Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'd be a hell of a blend. <laughs> that really no. would be right. <laughs> Please don't do it. <laughs> Someone else do it. You guys don't do it. Yeah. So and all that led to just to finish up on the long shadow thing, like that led to our choosing barrels for this year's mm. blend, where we actually decided. So we ended up going with two barrels of Baker's. Nice. And he's looking to see what what, what <laughs> yeah, barrel right, we right. got. What yep. did we get? <laughs> I see Baker's. Two Baker's. And then and two oh, Baker's, right? Oh, there was a, a Booker's and a Basil Hayden. Oh, yeah. Basil Hayden nice. is the wild card, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, the, and that again, because we knew what we liked with the Baker's, so we're reasonably confident that we're going to have something similar. Um, we kind of replicated the recipe from last year, and, uh, and then we'll see what happens. That's cool. the most exciting part. I really think that's cool. You get yeah. to see what happens, and it's exciting. It's for, like a surprise. It's exciting for your patrons who have been coming for year after year and who might have that one from two years back and they can compare it and say, oh, I like this one, which who cares? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's cool. It's cool. And it, that's as long as you keep it to yourself. I don't know. Well, well uh, we do take yeah. it seriously. The fact yeah. that we, we know like of all our beers, that one probably has the most of a following to be for spoken sure. yeah. for. And you know, there are expectations. If someone's going to, you know, come in and, and spend their hard earned money on a, on a bottle of beer, we want them to be reasonably confident. We no, we want to be reasonably confident. <laughs> That we're laying the groundwork for that to yeah. be an excellent bottle of beer. We want yeah. the customer to be absolutely confident that's going to be an excellent beer. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I think that, that speaks to that base of knowledge we've been talking about, just building that up, having all that information where we don't know. It's hard to know, yeah. but we are reasonably confident. Yeah. Sylvaticus, <laughs> reasonably Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the slogan there, right there. That's what it says in the shirts, right? Now. Yeah. Uh, so before, I, I'm always curious about, it, does traditional always mean better? Uh, we do have to go to our sponsors, though, first. So, I'll marinate on that. Are you a solo artist, band, podcaster, or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers.
All right, so we're back. Thank you, sponsors. You are amazing. We love you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, keeps the lights on for us. But we we have our you know our ears to the ground, and we see breweries marketing. This is traditional. Uh, you know, we've seen Notch doing the pitch pitch line barrels, which is cool. Pitch I've had that pills. beer, pills, yep. and it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Um, and then we see other breweries saying, you know, this is this is traditionally brewed and whatever. And and I mean, is traditional better? You, is is that always a better thing? I mean, I think traditional is just a word. You know, it's something to categorize what you're doing or put it into a place and time and context. Um, it's set it's up like, a story, kind of in a sense. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think it's and it's like anything else. It's all about like your definition that that in just in this context. You know, that brewer's definition of traditional might not be the same. You know, it's mm-hmm. because if you're talking traditional, how far back are you going? Yeah. Not, not, <laughs> Not many of us like the pitch line thing is awesome. Like I love Notch and those guys do some amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, that's something like that's like traditional. Like that's you you can put traditional on on something like that. Yeah. You know, can you put traditional on like oh we just like An IPA? Threw, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like there's like when will like milkshake IPAs become traditional? Right, right. Like, sure. this is traditionally right. how we right. do is it. Right, is it like 15 years later? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Has it become or it's something. like two months because this is how we did it the last time. That's traditional. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so it's it, it's all about like everything else. It's all about the context, yeah. and, and some places exploit those things more than others, and some just are more, you know, what they say they are. I mean, I think for us, like I, I don't, it's hard it's hard to define any one thing that we do or say we do exactly, you know, European style beers. I think style is kind of encompasses it, but it, it's for us, it's like we we do what we kind of our interpretation of traditional yeah um and things like you know if you want to talk about like the hopping lagers like that's like a you know it's kind of a a collision of of traditional with like a spin on it of what we are because at the end of the day we're just we're just guys making beer that are you know trying to emulate what and drink the beer that we want to drink and and emulate those beers that are the ones that i still think about and dream about you know years ago um, and the places that we drank them and, and who we drank them with, like those are the beers that like we want to continue to make and we want to like have people, let people have that experience yeah. and hopefully they'll have the experience here. Yeah. You know? So I kind of want to go off of that talking about styles and, and guidelines. You know, what, what do you guys think about a style guideline? Right. I mean, when you brew a Pilsner, when you brew a Doppelbach, I mean, are you looking at the BJCP style guideline? Is that important to you? And like just the thoughts, because like there's so many breweries that are making a doppelbock that maybe isn't really a doppelbock or something. You know, at what point do you not even True put a style, style on yeah. it? Like, do you just call it a? This is our whatever. Yeah. You know. I mean, a barrel aged Oktoberfest is a pretty wild thing. Right, yeah, right. Is that even an Oktoberfest anymore? Yeah. Do you call that something different? Um, I mean, I, I would say for us that that tradition guides us, but it doesn't limit us either. You know what I mean? We. There are there's a reason that continental, you know, pilsners and, and traditional styles have been honed and perfected over hundreds of years because there are pros to them. You know what I mean? There are reasons that people want to drink those beers time and time again. But for us, part of that is just taking what has been perfected by the generations that came before us and making it our own, adding our flavor to it, our spin to it. So like a barrel aged Oktoberfest. Is it an Oktoberfest? I don't know, but it, w- it was an Oktoberfest and it is now barrel aged. Therefore, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But to what Jay said about, you know, cur- curating an experience that people enjoy here, 
I mean, what we do may become tradition, you know, and, you know, years down the line, who knows, maybe like you guys alluded to hoppy lagers, that's something that is fairly new. Um, it's something that Savaticus has been doing since its inception. And we're really happy with our hoppy lagers. Um, there are a couple that we do in our rotation and, you know, a couple one-offs that we do, and we're always looking for drinkability in it. You know what I mean? Um, it's not going to conform to typical, you know, IPA, BJCP kind yeah. of standards. Um, I mean, even with hoppy lager, that's such a nebulous term. Mm. I mean, you have Definitely. the two components, hoppy lager. Right. There's a lot of ways you can go with that. And I feel like we have, um, to an extent, you know, low ABV, high ABV, different hop styles, regions. Um, it's all about curating the experience and producing a beer that is good in and of itself. And then classification is kind of secondary, I think. So going along with it, like the experience, is that then maybe more important than being concerned about a style? I think it, yes and no. Okay. Um, it depends. I think I, I do think there's a place for style because I think it's important, especially as we grow, you know, like we grow over like 10,000 breweries in the country and like mm. the consumer needs to under have a reasonable expectation when something says, hey, this is a Doppelbach. Right. Um, or this is, you know, this is a Kolsch, you know, or whatever, like, or a Kolsch style ale. You yeah. Know, because Kolsch you is something really that really, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but it doesn't stop anybody because it's sometimes it's not the brewer. A lot of times it's not the brewer doing it. It's the marketing guy that's saying, okay, we're going to call this a Kolsch because we don't have one. And, <laughs> yeah. right. and it doesn't matter if you can't see through it and it looks like a murky IPA, we're still going to call it a Kolsch, which is, you know, it's, Misleading. It, it, it is, but it, it, you know, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, everybody's going to do what they want to do. Yeah. You know, so I think for us, it's like more about like holding the line and like saying like, like standing behind what you say and, and being able to look somebody in the eye and say, yeah, this is, this is what we say it is. Yeah. You know, we're not just doing something to, to sell more beer or to put it in a category that somebody wants to hear or something that's trending. Like that's, that's not what we do. Yeah. I mean, because you guys mentioned the style specifically, Doppelbach is something that we have made an attempt to brew to style. Yeah. And we did tweak our recipe, this year's recipe, from the recipe last year um, because it was not quite to style. You know what I mean? So that's one of those things where based on what it is, it, it is important to us to, like Jay said, to have it be judged against others that are presented of the same style you know right. that, that is important um more so with the traditional styles but right if you're masquerading and saying that uh, you know a style a beer is is a certain style and it just isn't isn't that's <laughs> yeah. that's one thing you yeah know what i mean yeah. Okay. yeah uh do you find yourself frustrated with the current state of the industry at all no i i don't uh, it's funny like you follow trends and you see what everybody's doing but for me personally, like for a long time, even before I was, you know, thinking about opening this place, I always knew what I wanted to do mm -hmm. and just kind of stick, stick to my guns and stay with it. And that's where we're at and where we keep going. You know, like we were saying, like listening to the, when we talked to you guys three years ago, not much has changed since the last yeah. time. And I'm kind of proud of that, you know, because yeah. we haven't had to change direction or yeah. do what we said we weren't going to do. We're still doing exactly what we said we were going to do yeah. when we came here and that's going to continue. Yeah. So let everybody else do what they want to do. Cool. I'm yeah. making my money. Yeah. Seems to be working. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only thing for me that I had in my notes was that you guys 
weren't in the immediate plans was distribution, which you're still not doing, but the canning, canning, 16 ounce yeah. format for cans. Uh, was that just a necessity of COVID or was that just yes, the time yes to happen? No. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was one of those things that we were kind of holding in our pocket, um, to see what was going. I mean, we were doing the crawlers for a long time and that was working for us because it was easy. It worked with our space and, and kind of the confinements and the restrictions that we have, what we're working out of. And um, we were selling most of the beer on premise anyway. So yeah. it was just, you know, the, the crawlers were just kind of a, um, it's just an, an easy option for us to do. And the beer was still fresh and we were, we were kind of able to ensure the quality of it. Um, so moving to the 16 ounce cans has been pretty much everything we expected. It's basically, we can't keep up with it anymore. Um, Good problem. But it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was something that we were looking at. So, um, but, de- uh, but, COVID kind of pushed it into the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys know, like sitting up in the tap room, like we're really restricted on space. So yeah, everything sure. is, yeah. everything for as far as brewing equipment is kind of modular, like stuff that we can move down. And like you see, like can the cans are in the basement here, but there's right. a full pallet of cans sitting down here already cased. Well, how do you think it got down here? Manual. Yeah. I mean, yesterday Dylan spent like three say, and a half Dylan. hours. <laughs> Dylan is how I got That's down here. That's why you guys are jacked. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, you know, everything's modular. So everything has to be, as we, you know, kind of try to maximize the space, we're still limited by the equipment that we can have. So like our canning, it's kind of a canning bottling hybrid that it's, you know, the machine is built for bottling really. But You guys own that. You don't have someone coming on site. No, we don't. The the margins on that stuff don't make it worthwhile. We've heard. heard. (laughs) Just so you know, you guys know every single can and bottle that you buy has been handled by both Jay and myself. Loving. Probably three times. Yeah, at least. At least. (laughs) So, I mean, it is, it's kind of a nice synthesis of like, we literally take it from raw product to the finished product yeah. it, like every step of the way it's that our, is really cool it's our yeah. baby yeah um yeah. which i mean was super cool the first couple of times we did it and then after a couple <laughs> of canning runs it was like not so much man i really wish somebody else could schlep these huh i don't yeah. know if they the mentioned love story's their, over yeah. <laughs> i don't know if they mentioned but at this time of the podcast they are hiring right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. hey does this sound amazing yeah, yeah. 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 Right, right. come yeah. join us are we, are we selling it well yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the only reason we did the no i'm just yeah, kidding yeah. <laughs> uh so what's what's next for you? We have to ask. I mean, um, you just keep on what you're doing, or any plans for expansion? Yeah, I mean, right now, like in the in the near future, we're just holding the line. Like um, we're expecting as we kind of come through everything that it's going to get real busy this summer. Um, you know, vaccine rolls out, Definitely. everybody's kind of hankering. We've got some additional seating outside. Um, yeah, we're just focused on getting back on track. And uh, COVID was like it was for everybody. It was different sets of challenges depending on who you are and um you know obviously we definitely fall into that but um we're able to kind of roll through and and we're just looking to kind of get our footing again and working on a couple different things to see what what that would become and you know we'll see we'll see where uh right now like you know we thought originally like doing like an event space down here um and it didn't work out because just handicap accessibility for one you know there's a lot of different things also we store a bunch of Barrels stuff and things yeah. down here. <laughs> you don't want right. rowdy people uh, looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it's, you know, the space, even the space itself, like when we took over this space, we didn't originally have this space um, when we first moved yeah. in, but we took it over pretty soon afterwards. And I would just come down here and sit here and just picture what we could do in the space because of the exposed beams and it's such being a on the river. Space. And it's, it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, I have to say the whole brewery is. Oh, the whole brewery is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's what keeps Dylan coming back to work every day. 
does. Sure does. So do you still live across the river? I do not. Oh, no. that's oh, a bummer. I moved to town over, so <laughs> now I have to have a whole 15-minute commute. Oh, that's uh, a bummer. Yeah, awful. it's such a bummer. I mean, I, I would wow. say two. And, yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wine, wine, wine. I would say two in, in regards to COVID. It's one of those things where we were kind of forced into doing things a different way which is not a path I ever would have chosen, but I think it's provided us a lot to work on, work with in the future, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of a trial by fire where we had to adapt and I think it's gonna make us better in the yeah. long run. But I mean, for me, the thing I'm looking forward to get back to is like getting back to normal service here. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, right, well, yeah, big <laughs> quotation marks. Yeah, yes. for sure. I just but want I, your day of the dead party this year yeah. like, so badly. We'll see, we'll see, fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah. But I think one of the things that really, really makes us a unique brewery is uh, sort of an extension of this curated experience is the hospitality. Yeah, for um, sure. I want to shout out our, our staff. We have, I think, I think, not I think, I know, we have the most knowledgeable and most attentive yeah. staff of any brewery I've been to in the area, for sure. We can for all sure. definitely I would, uh, I would agree with that. Yeah. I was yeah. going to yeah. ask, is that a huge part of, me and the brewers, I mean, do you that, educate that them? knowledge transfer yeah. to the, 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 staff. the front of house staff? For know? sure. And yeah. yeah, our staff is amazing um, from Michelle and Jen and yeah. Isaiah an and awesome all those job. guys. Um, but I think, a, you know, a big part of it is because not only do we focus on, you know, keeping those guys in the loop, the fact that the brewery's in the tap room, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're the, like, we, like we see those guys every day. So like, they know, they know what's going on. We make sure they're like, Hey, what do you, what you guys brew today? What's going on? What's in the tank? What's this? Hey, no, something new is coming out. Yeah. I mean, everybody, we, we work as one kind of big, like, like. I don't know how you say it. Like, I don't want to say one a big block. Cohesive family. Unit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one yeah. cohesive unit. Yeah. I'm just sure. going to say you have a rad as fuck staff and they're humble people and it never feels like it's pretentious here. My girlfriend oh, no. doesn't drink beer. Yeah. Spent 20 minutes just talking about like, oh yeah, I don't drink that, but I'll try this, whatever. And it was yeah. a good experience. I mean, I mean, my, my goal for those guys, the, the, the staff is to, when any time a customer asks them a question that they feel comfortable answering it. And I yep. think that that's a huge thing is huge. Yeah. Um, Definitely. And, and the other thing too, is we have a, a track record of hiring people who are willing and, and able to learn. Um, like Jay mentioned, Michelle, she, she does a lot of the, the hectic wrangling of, of, <laughs> of scheduling events and she, yeah. she sets us all up to, to, to perform the best we possibly can. And Jen, our, our lead bartender, she has a, a background in, in fine dining. And I think that really shows in the hospitality that we um, bring to the table. No pun intended. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, yeah. Sorry. But uh, our staff is, is phenomenal. I, I think that those guys, you can throw anything yeah. at them and, and, and they'll roll with it. I mean, through COVID and everything. And independent of that, they just really have a passion for providing hospitality, which I, I think really is unique um, in, in the brewery space. I think that's one of the things that I'm confident to say we, we do better than, than, than really anybody else around. Agreed. Definitely. And, I, and I have to say your choice of food trucks, the people that you have on site, it's not just willy nilly. Who Everything can shows. It seems like that. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of thought and detail that goes into it. The menu that you guys serve here, the, the pretzels are phenomenal, the cheese yep. that you can get here. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. And that's, that's all Michelle. Yeah. Like that's her, like you don't always see, see her here, but just she's okay. She's awesome. <laughs> she's, she's incredible. Yeah. yeah. She's absolutely incredible. Above and beyond. We wouldn't be <laughs> We would not be sitting here without Michelle. Yeah, that's she's she's the backbone. She does all those things where it's like behind the scenes, exactly, yeah. and all the advertising and the marketing yeah. and oh. the relationships. And that let's Dylan and I just sit here and drink beer and talk to you guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Michelle. We call it like the, no, the not sexy Love side you. of brewing. Yes, it's like yes. you know, it's, it's the stuff that people don't realize. I mean, it, it really, you guys are making the product that ultimately keeps the doors open. But 
the front face of your brewery is your front of house staff and it's how not they're you presenting. Yeah. No, those, <laughs> yeah. those, thank goodness. Those guys are the rock stars. We're just providing the ammunition so they can slay it. Yeah. Right. And they are. They are. That, was, that was well done. <laughs> Thanks. <Yeah. laughs> no. Uh, no, I appreciate everything that you guys are doing here. Um, I think the Amesbury community is, is up and coming. I remember For sure. coming here in high school and not enjoying saying I was in a band from Amesbury. <laughs> and now I'd be like, oh, cool. You could yeah. start that band again and be like the coolest No, I, I don't think I want to play Sweet oh. Home Alabama anymore. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, the restaurant scene here, the food scene, the, the everything, it's, it's, it's up and coming. It's a and place to be. I think you have helped the scene grow for sure. Thanks. We, we hope so. And we, you know, we're here first and foremost for Amesbury. And that's what we were always intended to be a community space, um, somewhere where people can come and gather and imbibe and enjoy themselves and do what they have to do. And, and I can say confidently in three and a half years, that's what we've become. And, and we're proud of that for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you gentlemen for doing this today. Yeah, this was a great second episode. Yeah. Yeah. Learned Thanks for coming down. Anytime. More, most, Anytime. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> the most important part is we want people to come here safely and, you know, abide by any rules that you have for social distancing, but how can people get to your brewery? What's the address and what are your hours of operations currently? Uh, so we're at nine water street in downtown Amesbury, Massachusetts. Uh, you can, good way to spot us is the smokestack. Yep. That's our building. Um, we're open Monday to Sunday or Sunday and Wednesday, Monday, to Tuesday. Sunday. Wednesday to Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three to nine, Friday, three, actually Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three to nine, yeah. uh, Saturday, 12 to nine, Sunday, 12 to six. Yeah. And if those hours change, we like, will post that on yeah, our Yeah, Check Dubelow. their website, their yeah. social media, I'm yeah. sure. Because you expend the, extend the hours in the summer, correct? Yeah, I think right now we'll probably only be extending on Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's become... We've noticed that definitely some pattern changes with everything going on, and definitely. people seem to be coming in a little earlier, not staying as late, which is fine by me. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Generally, the nicer it is, the more open we'll be. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And and I have to just say, just from coming to this, this is the the brewery that's probably my favorite, closest one to me. You know, this is one of those experiences where you can come here and, and talk with the people in front of you. You're not. You can distracted. have a conversation. Yeah. What? You're not distracted by a television. Um, yeah. You're not distracted by. A lot of music. Fifty or... different options on the menu. Right. To get, you know. Right. It, it's really just, I think, the intention of what a brewery, in my opinion, should be. You yeah. go there. You, you enjoy the beer. With people, you enjoy the company. And you guys are doing a great job of. of doing whatever you're doing i mean just continue continue to do it keep on keeping on seriously don't fuck up (laughs) Um, no pressure yeah (laughs) erica you got the last question yeah um as we always end our episodes what are you most proud of uh for me uh being a part of the community honestly cool um seeing the the bonds between the people that have met here uh, you know know each other from outside of here and come here the fact that people feel so comfortable here seeing the outpouring of support at the beginning of covid from our our you know our our um, regulars and throughout um it really makes you feel valuable um definitely you know what i mean uh in my, my parents' generation, drinking was something that was done in, you know, dingy bars, you know, <laughs> in, in, you know, low light. And now it's like we see families with kids that spend the afternoon having a couple beers and, and, and 
um, you know, communing with your, your fellow people. And, and there's a reason we have picnic tables uh, in, in the beer garden. I mean, obviously, independent of COVID, the, the goal is for you to meet the person next to you. Um, yeah, meet your neighbor. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And uh, I think what we see here is some of some of the best of Amesbury and, and the larger community is um, I'm just really honored to facilitate that for the people. Yeah. That's That's what I'm most proud of. I would say I'm most proud of our staff. I mean, they're the ones, like we were just saying, they make it happen. And um, I'm just proud of kind of where each of the, each and every one of them have kind of come from where we started and not all of them came from a beer background and um, you know, where we're going with them because we're trying to create a culture and uh, they're all, they're all in on it. And that's, that's what I love. And I'm proud of that. And this guy. Yeah, because he, he does all the work. Yeah, yeah exactly. Seriously, yeah. and he just had a kid. Aww, Hi, Rowan. Congrats. congrats. Uh, yeah. I'm, can you see the bags under my ass? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Life, man. Seriously, comes yeah. at you fast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Until the next time. Yeah, in I mean, three I, years. Just, <laughs> I see Brian eyeballing barrels, so we got to keep him away from the barrels. So. Yeah, we got to drag him away for sure. We, for we sure. got some bottles from yeah. the barrels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, thank you again for doing this. And uh, it's always cool when we can just sit down and chat with yeah, you. And absolutely. Anytime. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Cheers, guys. Nice Until to talk to you. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. If you've made it this far, you know that this is our favorite portion of the podcast. It's the outro. That's right. Well, if you made it this far, you definitely enjoyed the episode of Brewery Sylvaticus. So make sure you make your way out there. It's, um, it's quite a nice drive. And there's a lot of great breweries around there. Yeah. Um, and I know that they have killer food trucks there. So it's like a place that you can get good beer, good food. And honestly, it's probably one of the best looking breweries on the North Shore. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. If you didn't get a ringing endorsement from that, I don't know how else you would. But you want to know how you can help us out, Erica? How can people help us out? Uh, Patreon. That's right. So if you want to go to patreon.com forward slash breweries podcast, throw us a, uh, I don't know, support us, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, buy us a beer. There's multiple different options in there. Get some swag. That's some right. Sweet, sweet swag. And we're finally catching up to some of that stuff. I know that some of our patrons had not receive some stuff but we are slowly making our way we're getting there we're it's, getting there it's hard we're not we're not the fastest patreoners but, but we're um, not the worst we're not the worst that's right well uh next week we have a surprise episode stay tuned and uh yeah continue to support mass beer or if you are beyond the massachusetts area continue to support your local area exactly and uh celebrate earth week uh think earth twice month. Be- earth, earth, <laughs> earth life uh you know maybe get the growler instead of the the can Exactly. And uh, until next week. Cheers. Cheers. I hope Sun Guy Ryan's back. Bye. <laughs>